Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. If this show was an animal, the World Wildlife Foundation would have it on its please kill list. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, uh, coming to you pre-recorded because of, uh, well, technical upgrades. That's what I'm calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Doing, uh, doing a little bit of upgrading. So here's the show a week early. Uh, on this week's episode in Pipe Parts, we are going to have a visit with Jeff Grasick in the Ask the Pipe Maker segment. And then my guest is also a pipe maker. It's Janos Kokinos from the island of Cyprus. And music, we kick off the holiday season with uh, Christmas music. I know it might be a little bit early for some of you, but uh, hey, every year I seem to have extra songs left over. So that's what you're getting. Uh, Mailbag and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, brand new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show land every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and they are available for download and streaming and all that stuff anytime after that. In fact, you can go back and stream all the episodes. They're all sitting there for you. So if you got some extra time this holiday season, go back, get caught up on some previous Christmas-era episodes as well as the current ones. Uh, Remember, if you are new to the show, please, I suggest you keep current with the new shows while catching up on the back episodes. That's probably the best way to listen to the show. And if you're new, uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Rating and review would be much, much, much appreciated. So, All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new, innovative series. Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us for another Ask the Pipe Maker segment is the pipe maker of J. Allen Pipes, Jeff Grasick. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Hey there, Brian. Thanks for having me back. See, I confused you by doing a straight intro with no funny, weird, odd thing in there, huh? <laughs> I had, I, I was totally confused. I had no idea how to respond. Yeah. All right, so here's your question. Uh, Isaac writes, um, oh, I like this part. First, I would like to thank you for your podcast. I enjoy listening and learning to the program each week. I love it. And then he says, I think this, I think this might be a suitable question for Jeff. There are multiple threads on pipes magazine about water flushes. There are those that compare it to the second coming while others say absolutely not. It is touted as ridding a pipe of all the excess buildup and flavors that impregnate a pipe. I, I was always under the impression that wood can swell with water. Uh, it can definitely alter the properties of wood. Although briar isn't the typical wood, it would be interesting to see what Jeff might say in regards to water flushes. Thanks in advance, Isaac. Isaac, you're welcome. Uh, 
so are you, Jeff, are you familiar with this? Cause I know you spend all your days just perusing the forums and YouTube and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't get any pipes made these days. I just, just do the social medias. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this water flush is where they're actually running water down the bowl and into the shank and stem and running into the chamber. And like, so they're, they're more or less submerging it. They're trying to get, or they're yeah. trying to flush the inside flushing it with water at different temperatures and stuff like that, and then letting it dry out before they go back to playing with it. Gotcha. Um, I mean, this sounds like a, a, a different version of what was it? The, I mean, there's the salt and alcohol method where you yeah. fill the bowl with salt and, and then do the same thing, fill it with alcohol and yeah. let it sit for a day or so to, so that it sucks all the tars and, Gunk out. I, I use uh, raw coffee. I use used coffee grinds sometimes to help unghost a pipe. Okay, yeah, you want it to taste like arabica instead. Just take the just take the coffee grinds, pack mm-hmm. them in the bowl as tight as you can while they're wet after you made a pot, and then let it sit for three four days and it dries out. And as it dries out, it sucks out some of the ghosting. Hmm. And everything in my mouth tastes like coffee and tobacco. So as long as it's coffee and good tobacco, I'm fine. Yeah, as long as it's cons- the flavors are consistent <laughs> with your uh, your lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, but anyway, yeah. So the, this is a. I guess there was that pipe retort that was pipe retort was the other thing I was thinking of. Yeah. I, I remember a story that, um, gosh, I don't know if it was Jim Benjamin or or Rick Newcomb told me this about Jim Benjamin, um, but that Jim Benjamin used the retort method because it was the same kind of thing where you're filling a bowl with alcohol and then setting it on fire more or less. <laughs> and, um, I, I believe, uh, Jim Benjamin set his hair on fire when he did that. Um, <laughs> so do not do this at home. Children do not do this at home system away after he did it. Yes. Do not do um, this at home. Yeah. What do I think about that? Well, so first of all, I'm going to, um, I'm going to plead ignorance because I, until this moment, I never knew this was a method. Mm-hmm. Um, I and and as such, I've never done it before. But in theory, that's uh, that's really the only way that I can address this. Yeah. In theory, um, Isaac uh, is absolutely correct that when you introduce a liquid to wood, wood is a natural porous material. It will swell. Uh, when we are curing briar, what's happening? Is it the the briar is naturally full of of moisture from the environment and tannins uh, and oils that are are uh, within the pores of the wood, and the curing process is boiling that wood to remove those tannins, and then you dry the wood afterwards to to get the moisture out, and it leaves I mean these little empty cavities on the inside. Now they're microscopic, so we don't see them. So anytime I hear of someone who is doing something like this, whether it's oil curing or, you know, uh, introducing water, alcohol or whatever to remove ghosting, I I suppose it could work. I don't know that it um, (laughs) if it does more good than it does evil, though, (laughs) the swelling of the wood, particularly on an older pipe can be potentially be an issue um uh the 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 main issue that i see with this will be that it will swell the mortise to the point that it'll cause the mouthpiece to no longer fit and when it dries out there's no guarantee it's going to settle back down to the dimensions that it started at and if it ends up too tight you're going to try to force a mouthpiece into an older pipe that has a brittle shank and it could snap the, the mortise or the tenon. It's like trying to park a Cadillac in a doghouse sometimes. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly. <laughs> see, yeah. Um, alternatively, it could end up too loose and then you have to deal with that problem. Um, but beyond that, the, the idea of cleaning out cleaning the ghosting out of a pipe has never it's never really been one that's appealed to me at least when when you're doing when you're trying to do so with these kind of chemical methods by like replacing um the the tar or removing the tar with water or some kind of other solvent 
Um, and the reason I don't like that is I think um, it, it's never been all that effective for me. There are more effective methods to it. Now, granted, this is to you and your listeners, I have a pipe making workshop at my disposal. When I get, <laughs> when I get a, a, like if and when I get a used pipe in, I don't, I don't, you know, use pipe cleaners to clean the chamber out. I use a drill bit, uh, a tobacco chamber bit, and I take it down to bare wood. And so ghosting is gone. <laughs> and then I can do the same in the airway with a, uh, with a reamer on the inside of the airway. And so it's, in, in my workspace, it is, it's not only faster, but it's far more effective to do that. And if there's any ghosting left over, I, I mean, assuming it's not an absolutely obnoxious tobacco to me, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, it's something I just don't, don't really fuss with too much because whatever I'm going to smoke in it is going to cover it up, you know, in due time. Now, if, if I take my pipe and, uh, you know, and, and I put the, uh, and I put the, you know, the kitchen faucet here. Mm -hmm. up to it with room temperature water and just run that water through it for 20 or 30 seconds. Yeah. Have it, have it running down that way mm -hmm. and then leave it connected, leave the stem in mm -hmm. and let it dry air dry as much as possible. And then after, you know, maybe 24 hours, take the stem out, clean the little, you know, the little tiny gap in the tenon mortise. That's not going to, uh, it, you'd really have to submerge the bowl in water for it to really sit and soak for a while. Yeah, you need to let it soak. The running of water, I don't, I, I can't imagine that would be effective enough to be worth the risk to the pipe. Yeah, and this is this is um, we we haven't even touched on what introducing a a solvent, whether it's water, or alcohol, or or whatever, um, into the bowl, what that does to the outside. And I'm not saying yeah. that it soaks all the way through because it doesn't. Mm -mm. The problem you have is you try that and try that and uh, do so without getting water or alcohol on the outside of the pipe. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And I would think that the water, some water that would splash over onto the finished outer mm -hmm. part of the wood and the stem would also help deteriorate the wax that's put Precisely. on the outside and then would cause spotting and weirdness and which yeah. I've had before I've had spotting and weirdness on my pipes for sure. Yeah, uh, no, that's, that's exactly what I was getting to that you, it's a really good way to damage the finish on the pipe, including removing the, um, the stains. Yeah. So a lot of the stains that pipe makers are using are alcohol or water based and on your they won't come off on your hand because the, the finish helps protect them, helps keep it in place. But when you start introducing something else to it, it's particularly in the quantities necessary to clean the inside of a pipe out. You could, you know, potentially do some damage and end up with like blotched finishes or get stain all over your hands or table or whatever you're working on. Um, some people like experimenting with their pipes, Brian. Uh, they like yeah. playing around and sometimes I get those into my workshop and they say, Hey, I was trying to fix this. And I look at it and I'm like, Oh dear God, what have you done? What, what? But it's their pipe and they want to do it. And it's fun. What's so the, what's, I get that. what's the old sign for the, uh, the mechanics, uh, the mechanics labor rates. Uh, it was an old sign. It's like $20 an hour. Or if you worked on it first, it's $40 an hour. Yeah, exactly. Uh, something similar to that. <laughs> are these are these factory errors I'm fixing, or are these these user errors? Because they yeah. they have to be handled differently. Yeah, and and also keep in mind that while we're you know while you and I are talking about this, we're talking about it on the Jay Allen pipes level, where sure, if we're talking if we're talking you know factory pipes and you know let's say sub one hundred dollar pipes, something like that. Uh, whether it's a Dr. Graybow or a K. Woody or, um, you know, you, you got a nice, you know, batch of estates um, that are all, you know, you, you got a batch of estates, six, seven estates for for 100 bucks. Yeah. And you want to do this? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. But if you are, you know, getting a, a really, you know, a kind of a rare handmade pipe in, mm -hmm. I don't know that I would encourage someone to try this this method. Yeah, I mean, in this fact, is, I would discourage people from doing so. Yeah, cleaning cleaning a pipe is one of the requirements of owning pipes, and mm -hmm. sometimes, well, in my case, it's definitely better if I let the professionals do it. 
and mm-hmm. pay them to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, dollar wise, it's you know my my uh, you know my fancy handmaids. It's almost a it, it costs a little bit more to clean them than it does a machine made factory pipe, but exponentially mm-hmm. it doesn't always match up. So right. Yeah. So there you go. Hope that answers uh, Isaac's question, or we just talked long enough that we filled up airspace. <laughs> uh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us, and this is going to sound terrible, from an island in the Mediterranean Sea, a pipe maker and somebody who I got to meet recently in person at the uh, Las Vegas Pipe Show, uh, pipe maker Janos Kokinos from the island of Cyprus. Welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you, sir. Uh, so so tell me, did you grow up in Cyprus? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Cyprus. I'm 100% uh, Cypriot. I'm Greek origin Cypriot because in the island they live in Turkish Cypriot and Latin Cypriot. But uh, the Greek Cypriot is about 80%. 81% of the island wow. is Greek Cypriot. So... Uh, I, I need to learn. Do so? Do Cypriots consider themselves more European or more Middle Eastern? And I guess it depends on what part you're from. It is something between. Anyway, the most of the Cypriots study in, in Europe. We are a member of European Union. That means we are uh, European. Yeah, but you're maybe 100 miles from the coast of Turkey and 200 miles from the coast of Lebanon or Syria. Yeah, 60 miles. 60 miles from Lebanon and Syria. Wow. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> oh, I want to come and visit you. But uh, when you were growing up, did you want to, did you always enjoy pipes or was. Or was pipe something that came afterwards? No, I started to smoke uh, pipes when I was studying Greece. Uh, for three, four years, and after I I come back to cigarette, I'm a cigarette smoker as well. And... Uh, Around uh, 2007, uh, in my, I, I tried to quit from uh, uh, cigarette smoke, mm-hmm. and uh, I find my pipes, I clean it, I, I bought the tobacco, and then uh, when uh, I start to to search to buy something. I realized that uh, because of my study, I start my study in in technical school. Uh, I think, I mean, I know everything about the wood, and then I study fine arts, <laughs> and I realized that I, I can make my own pipes. I start uh, uh, to make my own uh, from kid 
I bought uh, my first kit from Steve North. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after that, a friend of mine asked me make one for me. And uh, anyway, in uh, after uh, three, four years, start to make few to sell. Uh, from 2015, I I became more professional. I mean, in 2016, I was first time in a Chicago Pipe Show. And uh, the last six years is my only job. From 2017 is my only job. So before we talk about that, how many languages do you speak? Because you went to university and... Uh, yeah, I speak, uh, okay, English is not very well, but I speak English. Uh, I mean, speak Greek and uh, wow. I speak Italian. Okay, <laughs> I forgot a little bit my Italian because the, uh, uh, I don't speak for more than 30 years. Eh, up and down 30 years. But uh, I remember in 2019, I was 18. I was in China pipe show, mm -hmm. and I met some um, Italian friends, a pipe maker, and uh, they speak to me Italian and answer in English. <laughs> the, the first one two days, and then uh, slowly, slowly start to remember my Italian. Wow. So anyway, my Briar supplier is Italian. Mm -hmm. And when I make um, orders, I call him and try to to uh, to make practice my Italian. So going back, your your university was technical training. Look in Cyprus mm. in the secondary school. Okay, the three last year you can choose. Uh, what you want to, sorry, what you're planning to study or to work after and uh, choose a um, major. Anyway, and this time I want to, to study technology of good and everything about good and then I go to that school the last three years, and also I work in the furniture factory. Okay. Just to to know the experience. After that, I study in in Athens, Greece, interior and graphic design. And then I I like uh, to draw, to paint, and I continue my study in. Uh, <clears throat> in Academy of Fine Arts in Roma, Italy. Wow, so you spent time in fine I'm arts painter. in Italy. I'm qualified painter, yes. Oh. <laughs> so you so this explains the your your background and why your pipes have different colors and different shapes and styles than many other pipe makers. Yeah, exactly. My this study is helped me a lot about chemicals, about painting, because um, the the art making is uh, anyways functional art for me, mm -hmm. all kind. But uh, you can uh, use uh, the most of the paint because of the heat, of the health of the smokers. And that's the reason uh, I know exactly what I need to to use in the pipes. So, so the difference between fine art and pipe art, you have to be careful because we, we us pipe smokers are going to put a flame next to your art. Exactly, exactly. That, that I talk about. Yeah. That I talk about. Yeah. 
with fine art and with your with your painting, was there a style or a or a period of art that you enjoyed more? Look, um, I can't say that I look. I have my own art, but at the same time, the the smoker, the friends, customer, whatever. Uh, need something. Understand what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you follow the market with your own sign. You are not exactly free that. Uh, okay. Maybe in the future when I, I don't need to pay my bill <laughs> with my pipe, uh, I will make these. Sometimes. Uh, I make something that I know that it's hard to sell it, but I make because I like, because I want to make. Right. And till now, I don't have in my cabinet any of the, those pipes. So, so they end up selling anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, some pipes more hard than the others. And you know, as a pipe maker, a smoker that, the classic and more uh, practical uh, pipes is more easy to sell it. Yeah. And uh, I like to sell my pipe to the smoker, not to collectors. <laughs> Understand what I mean? You, you like to see your pipes with tobacco inside them and flame going. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And enjoy this. I, I enjoy to make it. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more with Janos, and maybe we'll talk about a little bit about the tobaccos of the island of Cyprus, which some of you like and I don't. So we'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Milafolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with pipe maker Janos Kokinos of the island of Cyprus. And are, are you the only pipe maker in Cyprus, or are there, are there others? Look, um, I have one uh, is kind of student of mine, mm -hmm. but uh, we was in uh, twice in Chicago together. Uh, one time in China, Nectarius go well and continue his own path now. And uh, last year, moved one Chinese guy to Cyprus. Uh, he's a uh, permanent resident now. They, they bought a house and live about uh, 40 miles from my city. That means in the future, well, it's going to be Cypriot. Yeah. If you stay seven years in Cyprus, you can apply for citizenship and everything. Likai is a extremely nice guy, uh, an artist, I mean. So you, so you have some company that you can talk to? Yeah, yeah, with. yeah. This Friday, I'm going to, to visit him because uh, we ordered some briar. I help because I'm European. I'm not um, paid taxes from Europe when I 
I buy something and I, I help about uh, this when I <clears throat> I need to order some wood or uh, stem material, something like that. Always I ask uh, Likai if uh, he wanted. <laughs> and you are in Cyprus right now is where most of the, as us Americans would call it, Latakia is being processed. Latakia, okay. Latakia is a town of Syria. It's 57 miles away from from my city. And uh, before it's 80, 80s, 90s, was a lot of uh, people uh, planting uh, the famous... Uh, uh, Cyprus yellow oriental tobacco, but uh, the old farmers is uh, pass away one by one. Uh, but now there is two young guys start two years ago and planted again. Actually, uh, the first aim of them is to sell seed, not mm -hmm. tobacco. But um, uh, this year they sell uh, a lot of uh, oriental tobacco because before the the process there is not Latakia, it's oriental tobacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the process is Latakia. And this the uh, seed these plants are being grown on in Cyprus now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have um, a lot of uh, trees. Uh, it's go well, and uh, I think report the Cyprus Latakia. But the the problem is they uh, pre-sell. They come um, from one company in, in Denmark mm -hmm. and pre-buy all the tobacco and come every two months, three times. It's all progress and check everything. Wow. And then they, yeah. when they process the oriental tobaccos to make it Latakia, they smoke it on a, over a... Yeah, 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 yeah. And is that... that yeah. The, the wood that they use to smoke is native to Cyprus, correct? Actually, from Syria, we have few of those... Uh, Trees is not as a Cyprus tree. Uh, it's kind of Akakia. Okay. You can find very, um, uh, it's a big uh, family of those trees. We don't have a lot in Cyprus. So then they have to bring the wood over. But it, anyway, it... The, the, the tobacco is not there in Cyprus. It's called yeah. to Denmark. That means they know better than <laughs> and they pay yeah. and they pay with good money. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with your pipe making, you do both classical and then you do the artistic interpretations and the different colors. Do you practice with the colors before you try to make a pipe with them? Yeah, yeah. look. If I I want to use a new color, a new material, always I made one simple for me, and I smoke it before. And because the bright color that I use sometimes my pipe, uh, in the beginning they remove the color, the smoke, the heat. Okay. And I need to. To know how I don't want to sell one pipe red, and after uh, I don't know two three years became brown or pink. <laughs> Understand? Yeah. So so yeah. so sometimes you may work with a a color, but you but you may be testing it for a yeah, year. Yeah, all the all the color that I use, I testing before. And and you want to make sure that there's been many many smokes through it. So you want to you do it multiple times before you're satisfied. Yeah, and uh, all the color that I use is uh, food friendly. Yeah. 
is approved from your FDA. That means not uh, okay. <laughs> the smoke is not uh, healthy, but not to make it worse. Right. So th these are different colors than what you would use on a wall in a house, <laughs> or, or 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 on a painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some uh, uh, colors or chemical there is uh, inside. Um, not health, uh, something not healthy for us. Yeah. Uh, your stems, you also do bright colors and different, slightly different shapes with them. Is that part of the artist in you that wants to? No, it's, it, it, uh, the rod is ready-made. Mm -hmm. Most of my, of my stem material is eponite uh, from Germany. And uh, also I use sometimes an acrylic, but I prefer uh, ebony. Is acrylic harder to work with for you? The acrylic always uh, is more hard. Sometimes is more good uh, the, the result, but always needs very sharp uh, equipment yeah. to and make it. And then you, have, then you have to clean the equipment afterwards and resharpen it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Look, I, I think all the pipe maker is so lazy to make uh, the, the mouthpiece because sometimes it took more time to finish a mouthpiece than the, the very pipes. But I love the result. And is there a shape of pipe that you prefer to make? Do you, or a style of pipe, a, a classical shape or a Danish style shape? Look, look, I love all the classic shape. Okay, it's not my steel, uh, but um, it's legacy. Someone made for us. Anyway, from the classic pipe, ah. Uh, my favorite is uh, Prince and Canadians. Mm -hmm. I like this. And uh, okay, for um, casual smoke, Pokia. But uh, <clears throat> every year I make uh, around between 100, 130 pipes. All of these uh, pipes make it classic is just 10, 15 pieces. And then, and then the rest is Janos, the artist, making. Yeah, yeah. blowfishes are like horn. Sometimes I I follow the grains of the of the very block. When you take the block, you understand what gonna be in the end. Always I sketch in the block. Some okay. of my colleagues make uh, sketches on the paper and then move to always. Never I make a uh, sketch to be a pipe. Always I sketching, but uh, I make my sketches in the in the block. I take the block and going to be blowfish or horn or poker or whatever. When you're looking at the wood, do you make it wet first to see where the grain is and then make the sketch? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. yeah, yeah. It's sanding for a while, for a little bit to appear the grain. Okay. And then put some uh, water and uh, to see how is everything goes. Do you make pipes with other materials besides briar? Olive wood. Sometimes, when I find real good uh, olive wood block and mortar. Okay. And is mortar as much fun to work with as briar? Because yeah. I, I, I yeah. It, it can show different it's things. It's more difficult. It's more difficult. And olive wood the same. The, the, the most pleasure to make pipe is the briar. Yeah. It, 
it definitely is uh, more friendly to the pipe maker than the other woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are the prices of your pipes? Where do they begin? My pipes start around uh, around two two twenty to forty up to four hundred. Up and down of three hundred. Yeah. Euro dollar is the same now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a nice moment for Americans where the euro and the dollar <laughs> Yeah. Bad time for Europeans, yeah. sorry. <laughs> of course I make uh, pipes more expensive as a commission. Hmm. Okay. It depends on the material and how much time I need to make it. Do you like working on by commission, or do you prefer to just make the both. pipes? Both. Okay. I like to work my own, but uh, I enjoy when I have commission as well. This time I may, uh, I work in on two commission in my workshop. Actually, it's two pipes that I sell to Beckett. The yeah. customer come back to buy this and disappear. <laughs> and they commission me, and uh, it's almost ready <laughs> to send into. What information do you need from a from a pipe buyer for a commission? Yeah. Do you do you want to know color, shape, style? How much? Yeah, every, everything that uh, they need. Yeah. And maybe size as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some commission, uh, some uh, people just ask me, I want something that this, that I make before. But use your imagination. Some people say exactly I want this with that uh, size and uh, everything. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I send a picture of progress to, to talk about this. Sometimes we change a little bit and, or in the process, I find something going to be more nice. So we, I talk with the customer and we decide together. Yeah. And one of my favorite moments from the recent pipe show was seeing the, the young pipe smoker that won the two pipe yeah. and six stem set that you made. Yeah. Um, he was, he was very touched because it was kind of out, no, out of his normal spending limits, but you mm -hmm. also, you made multiple stems. So when a commission comes in, you can make one that is a short stem or a long stem. Yeah. Sometimes cup. Yeah. Uh, sometimes yes. The idea of that set was when the, the club, uh, commissioned me mm -hmm. to make the the pipe of the year okay i think about to give option of the stem color to be the same pipe but and when the ddr asked me to make a, a set for the show i say okay i make not one but two with all the stem that uh, was uh, uh, for, for the pipe yeah Anyway, yeah, it was very nice. Janos, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever you want to say. Are you ready? Yeah, of course. What is your favorite pipe? And you mean for my pipe or look, for me, it's not just the pipe. It's the people behind the pipe. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, count much more. In my collection, I have uh, around 70 pipes from my college. We change, we trade, uh, present, give. Okay, all the pipes from Manfred Hortig is a German. Uh, I love it. It's my favorite, all his pipes. Because I, I, I like too much this guy. I meet him twice in uh, Germany, and uh, before Corona, he come to Cyprus and stay with me for two weeks in my house with his wife. Anyway, 
And what is your favorite tobacco? Okay. Uh, I love Agia. Okay. <laughs> but for everyday smoke, I'm Virginia guy. I like Virginia. And all the time, my favorite tobacco is Three Nuns. I have a huge collection all these years from Three Nuns. What is your favorite drink? Drink. I'm whiskey drinker. Uh -oh. I'm not drinking a lot, but I like whiskeys. All kinds. Scotch, Irish, Bourbon, everything. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Most of the time, music. Because I want to clean my uh, mind. Music. And then last question is, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I have a lot of memories. Anyway, uh, I'm the person that I, I believe that we are the most unique family that when I meet my friend, my brothers, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Always memories. Yeah. Uh, where can we go to purchase your pipes or to see your pipes? Okay. Uh, under my name, Janos Kokino, you can find uh, my profile in Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And in my website, that is thepipeworkshop.com. And the name is Janos, Y-I-A-N-N-O-S. Kokinos is K-O-K-K-I-N-O-S. And I'm sure in Greek, it's got a whole bunch of other funny letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in my uh, website, thepipeworkshop.com. Janos, thank you very much for taking time for doing this. Thank you again for coming all the way to Las Vegas for our pipe show. It was a and next pleasure. Year, and next year, if we... Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It was a pleasure. Like, it was a pleasure having you and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. And we'll be back in just a minute. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and do check out Yanos's uh, pipes. He's just a sweet and kind gentleman, and uh, and fun and fun looking pipes. Some of the colors he uses just wonderful. All right, for music. So I got this email from Mike, and Mike writes, uh, "Hi Brian, I've intended to email you for a couple of years to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. I found it about three years ago, quite by accident, and now it's a permanent part of my weekly routine." Even a 50-plus years pipe smoker like myself can find something new in most every one of them. I've listened to all of your podcast episodes at least twice, except with the one with the lady making the smoking jackets. <laughs> anyway, uh, he goes on. He said uh, he'd send a couple of uh, Christmas holiday music recommendations. And this one, he wrote, uh, the second is a great novelty tune back in the 1950s, a simpler time in the world of entertainment. It may be somewhat politically incorrect in today's world, but I've never known you to back away from something cool or funny just to make a small portion of the world who cry about everything happy. 
Yeah. Uh, the following write-up is directly from Wikipedia and it best and is the best explanation of the song that I could find. Be prepared to truck to chuckle. Uh, the song is called "I Just Go Nuts at Christmas." It's a 1949 Christmas novelty song, uh, written and performed by a guy named Harry Stewart, and it's performed as a fictional Swede named Jorgi Jorgensen. Uh, Stewart was backed by the Johnny Duffy Trio. So here it is. Uh, it's "I Just Go Nuts at Christmas." Oh, I just go nuts at Christmas on that jolly holiday. I'll go in the red like a knucklehead, cause I'll squander all my pay. Oh, I just go nuts at Christmas, shopping sure drives me berserk. On the day before, I'll rush in a store like a poor bewildered jerk. I look at nightgowns for my wife, those black ones trimmed in red. But I won't know her size, and so she'll get a carpet sweeper instead. Oh, I just go nuts at Christmas when each kid hangs up his sock. It's a time for kids to flip their lids while their papa goes in hock. On the night before Christmas, it's still in the house. My family is sleeping, so I'm quiet like a mouse. I look at my watch, and midnight is near. I think I'll sneak out for a cold glass of beer. Down at the corner, the crowd is so merry, I end up by drinking about twelve Tom and Yerry. I get to bed late, and gee, yes, how I'm sleeping. When on to my bed, those darn kids, they come leaping. They sit on my face and they jump on my belly. And I'm quivering all over like a bowl full of jelly. They scream Merry Christmas. And my poor wife and me, we stumble downstairs and she lights up the tree. My head is exploding. My mouth tastes like a pickle. I step on a skate and fall on a tricycle. Just before Christmas dinner, I relax to a point. Then relatives start swarming all over the joint. On Christmas, I hug and I kiss my wife's mother. The rest of the year, uh, we don't speak to each other. After dinner, my aunt and my wife's uncle Louie get into an argument. They're both awful screwy. Then all my wife's family say Louie is right, and my goofy relations, they join in the fight. Back in the corner, the radio's playing. And over the racket, Gabriel Heater is saying, Peace on earth, everybody, and goodwill toward men. And just at that moment, someone slugs Uncle Ben. They all run outside, whooping so the neighbors will hear. Oh, I'm so glad Merry Christmas comes just once a year. Oh, I just go nuts at Christmas, but I still have lots of fun. Just the same as you, I enjoy it too. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, how's that for a way to kick off the uh, holiday music spirit? And who knew, back in 1949, they were worried about uh, spending too much money at Christmas time. Um... Yeah, word of the wise, do not buy your wife a vacuum cleaner for Christmas. It's not really, well, unless she asks for it. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. And uh, thank you again to Mike for sending that song in, and we'll, uh, I'll get his other song on, too, I promise. Uh any uh, music requests, please uh, send those in. The DJ is ready to play. All right, uh, mailbag stuff. Getting caught up on some stuff from way back, going back to August. Uh, Jay Freedy, Jim writes, uh, Hey, Brian, I read an article on scientists' recent discovery of how to reanimate dead organs in pigs. I've always been a fan of Frankenstein, so I had to read further. It was published in Nature magazine. After reading the article, I was curious about the publication itself. 
I learned that Nature is one of the oldest scientific magazine journals still around today, started in, 1860, in the 1860s at Cambridge University. But more importantly was how it began with its tobacco parliaments. And here's the quote on it. Uh, the academic standing of the Macmillans in Cambridge, their shop was at the heart of the university city, later helped Alexander to establish contacts with eminent men of science in London. He would host tobacco parliaments at which science, art, and hot topics of the day, such as Darwinism, would be discussed. This talk, Tobacco and Tipple on Thursdays group, as he described it, fostered friendships among the great scientific ed educators of the Victorian era. And then uh, Jay Freedy goes on to say, I think it's fun to envision these Cambridge professors and scientists all sitting around smoking their pipes and pontificating on their recent discoveries and discussing the relevant topics of the day. Hope you're doing well, Brian. Thanks for faithfully putting out such great content each week. Jay Freedy. Yeah, all the stuff that was started by tobacco. Um, yeah, just amazing. And then uh, Jess writes, Hi, Brian. I'm hearing good things about the Las Vegas Pipe Show. I wish I could have gone, but a trip like that, uh, far above my budget, and it also occurred during a conference that I was leading worship for. But I will continue to experience it vicariously through the various videos and mentions that are out there. Uh, my wife and I recently rewatched the 2017 film Loving Vincent, an incredibly artistic film about painter Vincent van Gogh. Aside from the unique and beautiful experience that it is, since over 100 artists animated it over the top of real-life actors in the style of Van Gogh's paintings, I also appreciated that there is a lot of pipe smoking in it. There aren't very many films out there that have more pipe smoking than this one, especially films that were made this recently. Anyway, that makes it a wonderful experience on a number of levels for our community. I just wanted to remind people of its existence. Uh, the link for the trailer is below. I hope you's, you and yours are doing well. So uh, I have not yet had a chance to watch this. I'm sorry. It's just been uh, been a bit of a busy time here, but I will definitely watch it. And uh, he put the link to the YouTube trailer. So just search uh, Loving Vincent film from 2017. And then uh, our own Dr. Watson, uh, Dr. Charles Watson, who you remember on the show uh a couple months back, uh, writes this, uh, Brian, it is interesting that Dr. Hannah brought up 3d printing as having a place in the future of pipe making. I'm not a pipe maker, but I am a user of 3d printer technology and CAD. Uh, my laboratory actually pioneered the use of 3d scanning and printing in studies of thermal ecology, specifically making exact replicas of lizards using acrylana, trial butadine styrene abs thank you glad it's abs that i know uh, the stuff of which legos are made equipped with temperature data loggers to produce a set of habitat temperatures available to the species we are studying so i have a 3d printer in my laboratory and i'm constantly thinking of new applications for the emerging technology with that said I appreciate a pipe for its simplicity, utility, and the connection to nature through the use of natural materials. However, I do believe the best application for 3D printing technology in our hobby is prototyping and the production of interesting stems. I've been experimenting with 3D printed stems for some time now, and there are some things that can be done with the printer that is impossible to do with a lathe and a rasp. However, there are also limitations, such as finding the right non-toxic materials. I've made crude replacement stems from ABS and PLA plastic, and with some sanding and polishing, they look nice. I now have a printer capable of printing with carbon fiber, so that is next on my list of things to try. Stay tuned. Uh, in terms of future use of materials, I do believe that we have not fully explored the possibilities of wood to use in pipes. Briar is great, but it is hard for me to believe that a single tree from one geographic reason is the only one on earth whose wood possesses the perfect qualities for a tobacco smoking pipe. 
Uh, while you and I have mostly talked about my research with lizards and tobacco hornworms, I actually studied forestry as an undergraduate and as a former student of wood technology, many non-traditional candidate species come to mind, such as mesquite and persimmon. Uh, but I'm sure there's a long list of species that would serve the purpose just as well. I do like the history and traditions surrounding the briar pipe, but imagine the possibilities of new grain and performance capabilities. I think we have only scratched the surface, and I would love to see more carvers experimenting with other non-toxic woods, especially some that can be sustainably produced. Uh, this leads to my final point. Diversity in pipes, tobacco, and pipe smokers is the way of the future for us as a community, and I'm looking forward to seeing and contributing to the evolution of our hobby. I think there is room for amazing innovation, and I'm happy that one day folks might be sitting around with their self-lighting LCD screen pipes with fullness gauges and swivel arm battle grips. However, I'll still be out on the back porch under the stars smoking a Balkan blend from my simple, from my simple vintage briar pot with a saddle bit that may have been printed on a 3D printer. Cheers, Watson. <laughs> I love it. That is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Watson's got himself involved in a whole bunch of stuff. So thanks for sending that in. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, do keep us updated. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. For you, dear. Say, my favorite pipe tobacco. Why that swell? I haven't seen this for years. Wherever did you find it? On tidbits.com, of course. You mean the Pipe Collectors Auction site? Yes, that's right. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories, too, you know. You don't say. I can buy all those things on tidbits.com? That's right. But you can also sell some of those pipes and tobaccos you don't smoke anymore, too, dear. Perhaps you're trying to tell me something. Visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. Cowboy. Cowboy. I am in a battle with the auto response robots or uh, what they call customer service at American Airlines. Yeah, I'm in a battle with them. So here's what happened uh, on the flight back from Las Vegas. So we pushed our flight back to a red eye coming back on Tuesday night because our daughter was coming into town and we wanted to spend the day with her. And then we, are, we get to the airport at 930 that night. You know, flights leaving right before midnight. And I'm getting a whole bunch of text alerts from American Airlines. The flight had, <laughs> the flight had either been changed to 3:40 a.m. or uh, 10 a.m. or mid or noon the next day. I couldn't tell, or it was back on to midnight. I couldn't tell. So I went up to the counter. Uh, long story short, got moved to noon the next day, and they offered us food vouchers and taxi voucher or transportation vouchers. And a room for each of us, my wife and I, one of one room each, that's key, one room each, at one of the hotels that they have a deal with. And it was valued up to $112 or whatever it was. So $112, I think, was the voucher. We decided that we would not do that. And the uh, front desk, uh, uh, you know, the ticketing agent said, ah, just submit it and here's the, here's submit your receipt and here's the address, blah, 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 blah. Okay, got it. Our room was, we went back to where our daughter was staying, spent a couple more hours with her, saw her again for, uh, for a quick moment in the morning, and flew home. No problems. Now I'm trying to submit 
for reimbursement, the $160 for the one night. And they're saying that they'll only pay $112 because that's all they pay. And I'm telling them it's for both of us. And they're telling me, no, it's not. Only your name is on there. And we're going back and forth. And I will get a human on the phone and I will get the $160-something dollars. Or next time, I'll get a room for my wife as well. And we'll have two rooms and we'll screw them twice as much. So we could have gotten $224. Instead, we only spent 160 Sounds like a savings to me, doesn't it? All right, there you go. Again, uh, please keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show wherever you are. Send in those holiday recommendations for music, uh, guest suggestions, you name it, you know it. Keep sharing it out. Thank you very much to Jeff for joining me. Thank you very much to Janos Kokinos. And thank you all for listening. Until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Time to get those old bells out and jingle them off.